keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Happy 2022, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share details of our delights, desires, dreams, and some of the stuff that gets in the way, all in an effort to tune into our wants and ask for them and get them. Our guest today is a single 26-year-old Cuban-American bi-curious cis female. She's a submissive and a little. Receiving oral is her love language. She's into sensual and psychological domination and is in a DDLG dynamic. From and living in Texas, welcome, LG. Hi. Hi. Can you start off by telling our listeners, if you had to rate yourself on a shame-a-meter, with 10 being the most full of shame and 1 being the least, where do you fall today? I want to say a 3. And generally, I would say a 0. I'm generally shameless, but I thought I had a cold sore. And it turns out it wasn't, but for some reason that like made me panic. Ended up not being anything, but that's kind of why I was feeling shameful. But generally, it's a zero. Great. Okay. And I feel you also as a person who's been like, oh, shit, it's that kind of cold sore. Can you give us a little overview of what is your sex life like right now? What's your favorite parts? So I see my daddy dom maybe once a week. And that's just about as much sex as I get right now. Okay. I actually am looking for sugar daddies, which has nothing to do with my daddy dom dynamic. They're just called sugar daddies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Like... I love sex and I love money. So why not combine those two things? <laughs> mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll start like increasing after that cold sore scare. I'm like kind of scared to just hop on Tinder again. Yeah. But I would love to find like a friend with benefit type situation that I could see more. Fuck yeah. But I do love my sex when I'm having it, but it's just not often. I get you. Can you tell us also what does sexy mean to you? I love this question because I feel like nobody ever says my answer, which is vulnerability. Like, I think vulnerability is the hottest thing. And in my opinion, like you cannot have truly passionate, hot, fiery, mind melting sex without vulnerability. And that's something that like not a lot of people can achieve for some reason, especially men. So it's hard to find somebody that you really have chemistry with. And the sex is really good because not a lot of people are like, open to being vulnerable, whether it's like intentional or unintentional. I am having feelings right now because I feel like that is why my relationship with my master just went away because I I feel like he closed up more and more. I mean, this is me diagnosing another person, so judge that as we will. But I also watched a movie, it was called Holiday, and it was a cute whatever holiday rom-com, but the whole thing and the whole story was the two main characters being like, I can't tell him. I can't tell him I like him. I can't tell her I like her. I can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. And I was like, oh, this is what we get modeled for us all the time. Oh, okay. Okay. Are we all in fourth grade? So I feel you. It's so hot when someone is like, hi, I want you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like to feel desired and wanted, like for some reason, people are so scared of that. Yeah. I don't understand why people are scared of being vulnerable because to me, I find it so easy. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm like naturally submissive or what have you, but I just find vulnerability easy for me to get into, like from my side. Yeah, I can really relate to that. And also just as a person who I'm like, no, here, here's my everything. And it's interesting. Sometimes people don't recognize what I'm sharing as vulnerable or like, The difference between what I share here on this podcast and then in real life, the different reactions that I get. And then also sometimes when I do share my open feelings with people, that freaks them out. So like some people are freaked out by the level of vulnerability. But I agree with you. I think it's like one of the hottest things. Can you tell us what happens to your shame-a-meter when it's time to talk about safer sex? And 
what would your ideal version of that conversation look like? I am shameless when it comes to asking about stuff like that. Just like I'm shameless when it comes to talking about sex, when it's at appropriate time, Mm -hmm. I just bring it up and I'm like, Hey, look, these are like what I'm comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with that, then like, bye. I'm just not going to argue. Like, why would I waste my time? Yeah. So I just got out of a two year relationship. So I'm kind of getting back into being with new partners. It's just something that I bring up and it doesn't even have to be in person. It's just usually a text. And I'm like, Hey, if we're going to be having sex at any capacity, like you need to get tested. And we're we're using condoms because I'm not on birth control. And maybe further down the line, if we want to, maybe we get tested again and then we can go that route. But as for right now, like this is how it is. And I just draw that line so very clearly. Fuck yeah. Because it's my body and it's also like my dom's body that like I am protecting both of our health. So I'm just, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Beautiful. Now, can you take us back to your early years? When do you first remember having an awareness of sex? And were there any specific feelings associated with it? I don't really remember not knowing about sex. I remember being in kindergarten, understanding what sex was to a capacity, like knowing that it feels good to like touch myself, not in like a masturbating kind of way, just kind of like it feels good. But I didn't know it could like feel better at that time. Yeah. People say their first kiss was like in sixth grade. That is not my case. I remember making out, like full-blown making out with other boys in the classroom during nap time in like first grade. I didn't feel shameful about it. I was just like curious and fun. And like, I didn't know that it would like ever could lead to sex, but I just remember it being like very intimate, I guess. And I enjoyed it. And then I remember like seeing porn on TV and online from like my uncles would like from search history and I would just click on it and like be curious about it. And I remember feeling horny. This was maybe when I was like seven, eight. I just always remember knowing about sex. And then like we didn't have sex education in Texas at all. We just had like the puberty talk in fifth grade. And then we also had this really weird, blurry video in fourth grade about like sexual harassment. Hmm. And they would not say penis, vagina or boobs or anything. They were like swimsuit parts. They would say, if somebody touches you on your swimsuit parts, then you need to tell somebody. And like, that's as far as they went. And I was just like, why can't you just say the parts? I'm confused. You know, I just remember feeling awkward in a sense that like, what's wrong with talking about this again? Because I've always been shameless completely to this subject. What was the vibe like in your household growing up? So I grew up Christian-ish. I say ish because like I was kind of forced to go to church. I didn't want to go to church. We never had the sex talk. I just always knew about it. And I was very mature as a child. So my mom just kind of knew that I knew about sex. And so when I was 15 and I came to her and I told her I lost my virginity, I didn't feel shameful until I told her. And then I could feel her judgment saying like, oh, like you should have waited until marriage and all this. And I'm just like, but I love this guy. And I did. I really did. We dated for five years. So we were very much in love and I very much did not feel shameful about it at all. Like we had a great sex life. I didn't feel shameful, but like I could feel the shame from her and like, oh my God, Jesus does not want you to do this. He wants you to wait until marriage, save your body for your future husband. And I'm just like, I don't not even believe in all that. I don't believe that that's wrong. Yeah, I agree. Did that affect you going forward at all? No, not at all. Amazing. 
He actually ended up moving in with us when I, when we were both 17. Okay. It was very interesting. Cause like nobody really lives with their first boyfriend in their house. And our sex life, like I said, was amazing. Like we just had insane amount of intimacy. And so I never let that settle in. Like I was always like, that's part of your religion. That's part of your beliefs, but I'm my own person. And eventually she learned to accept me for who I am. This is kind of an impossible question, but do you have any like guesses or noodle thoughts on why you're so shameless? I have no idea. I want to say it's because I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> I don't maybe Maybe other Scorpios don't feel this way. I've always been very, once I make a decision, it is for me and it's what's best for me. And I have no doubts in that. And I take pride in that and I'll defend it until I die. Like it is me. I am fully confident that I know what's best for me. Unless I trust somebody else to make those decisions for me, which we'll get into that. <laughs> I fully know what's best for me. So when it came to my body and sex, that sh- it just carried over into that subject too. Like I knew what was best for me. I just want to take a second to pause and celebrate the shit out of that because I have really only gotten to know my own needs in that way in the past couple of years. My early 20s, I think part of the reason that my sex life was so confusing for me from the time that I started trying to have sex and getting rejected is that I just kept taking in other people's information. And it was really only in the last few years that I was like, oh, no, this is what I need to do. This is my own self. So I just think that's awesome. Well, I will say that when I do feel shameful in sex, it's always because I'm in a relationship with somebody who has like zero sex drive and I have an insane sex drive. Like to me, once a day is enough. Like if I'm living with somebody, I expect it twice a day because I love that person and I want to be intimate with that person. And to me, like sex is very much a love language for me. So when I come to somebody and I'm constantly being rejected by them, that is when I feel shameful. But not like in a sense that like, you know, I'm not good enough or, oh, I'm not pretty enough. It comes from a sense of like, I really want this and I want to feel desired and like, you're not giving that to me. And I'm like young and hot and like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) But also for some reason, it still makes me feel shameful to the point to where I cry. Like I've Mm. cried from rejection before, but only from partners that I was living with and like in a monogamous relationship with. Okay. So early experiences before this first partner, did you explore solo? I don't know where to start. I want to say my very first orgasm was on accident. And I think it's what's termed as a pegasm. And I literally had to pee so bad, but because I'm so ADHD, I don't want to like draw my focus away from what I'm doing. So one time I held it so strongly and then I got to the bathroom and I like started taking my pants off about to pee, but something in me like pulled it in. I just felt like crazy waves and like contractions. And it was like super strong to the point where I had to like lean on the wall, almost passing out type, which I didn't know was an orgasm until later. Um, And it was for sure an orgasm. Like now looking back, I was like, there's no way that wasn't an orgasm. How'd you find out? Later on, just thinking about it. You don't really remember these things until you start thinking about your childhood and how you started masturbating and like what felt good. Mm -hmm. That's the earliest I remember. I felt contractions. Like there's no way that wasn't an orgasm. And that was maybe when I was seven or eight years old, maybe. And I remember playing with myself at that age too, but not to the point of orgasm. Mm -hmm. And then I remember very vividly when I was about 10 or 11, I had like a sexy dream or something. 
And I woke up and I just started humping my pillow insanely. I almost orgasmed, but didn't. And I knew what sex was at that point. I knew I wanted a partner at that point. It was crazy to think because I was so young and I had never even had a boyfriend yet. But like in that moment, I knew like, I need a partner for this. I don't know what to do, but this feels good. And then I didn't start really masturbating until 12 or 13. I use this, there's this facial massager by Neutrogena and you put like a little soap sponge on it and it vibrates Uh and you're supposed to like wash your face with it. And that's how I just started orgasming. And I did it like all the time. I remember doing it like almost every single day before bed. It was like a ritual. Like I had to have it. And maybe that's why I need sex as an adult, like especially before bed or an orgasm Mm. is because like I did it every single night because like, why not? Is it still part of your routine? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, my daddy says I have to come two times a day. So like as a requirement, because I'm just, I need it. Like I really do. And if I go more than two or three days without an orgasm, I will start going insane. Yeah. I don't know why. And I don't know what it is, but I don't mind it at all. Like it's just part of my life. I love that. I have just spent a couple weeks around an intense amount of family. So like Thanksgiving and then watching the family farm and then visiting family. And I just didn't have like psychic space, like there is something that happens to me when I'm around family where like I'm not as actively horny and I get so fucking grumpy and stressed. And I was like, oh, wait, it's because you're not touching yourself. So I need that reminder too. Oh, I love that rule from your daddy. Okay. So have you noticed any changes in your masturbation over the years? Like what are your favorite ways to touch yourself now? So for some reason, vibration now it's too intense to where it's very hard to orgasm that way. Mm -hmm. Because before it was straight on my clit, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm very like vaginal opening sensitive. I can come just by rubbing just the opening and not even touching the clit at all. The opening of your vagina? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Like what kind of stroke? Like around or like? No, like up and down. Yeah. Like up and down, not side to side, but up and down usually, or like the area in between mm-hmm. like your clit and like the vaginal opening, that whole area is extremely sensitive. Wow. So maybe that's why I love oral so much because it's like, if you're licking all that part, like there's no way I'm not going to orgasm. Like there's just no way. Cause it's just so incredibly sensitive. Will you give us more details about your oral preferences? Like what do you like to receive? Like, and is it soft licking? Is it hard looking? Is it wide, flat, pokey, or just, is it a whole menu? Oh, all of it but I know for sure like the thing that will get me to come the fastest and hardest it's very much soft licking with a wider tongue base and like longer like the more surface area you can get at once the better almost to the point to where you're not touching me like if you're so close and you are licking me but it's almost as if you think you're not like that's how gentle Like I will come extremely hard from that more so than if like somebody's doing the whole sucking licking combination, which does feel good. Don't get me wrong, but like I have to warm up to that point because in the beginning, I'm like way too sensitive for all that. So like I need to warm up to get to that point. Oh, and I also love rimming is what Mm -hmm. it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, Receiving that. I will also come from just that. That's really neat. I'm so insanely sensitive and anally sensitive. So all of that, like my clit doesn't even have to be a factor in that. But I mean, it can be, I will orgasm stronger eventually, like if everything is, you know, done at once, but I don't need it, which is kind of crazy. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite way to orgasm? Well, I just got into learning about my G-spot more. Cool. So I do love that a lot. 
with partners. I can't really stimulate it on my own. But I want to say oral is probably my favorite outside of penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. Can you have multiples? Easily. Like if I'm just having regular vanilla sex, I will almost always come at least three, four times. Cool. But if like somebody's eating me out for two hours, like there's no way I'm not having 20 plus orgasms. Oh my gosh. Especially because oral is like my thing. Of course, I love it and it excites me and it drives me insane. So of course, I'm going to come a million times. Like I remain sensitive. And then I discovered this because my first boyfriend of five years, we had an amazing sex life and he loved going down on me. He loved all the aspects of it because we were very intimate with each other and he himself loved it. Okay. So there's a difference. And women can tell if a guy loves it versus a guy doing it because he thinks you love it. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference. So I've discovered that it is very much my love language in the sense that I cannot be in a monogamous relationship with somebody who doesn't love doing that because it will eventually hurt my feelings. It is just a need of mine. And I don't know why. And I think maybe it's just because my first relationship that was included, like I would want to have sex with him and he would be like, no, I want to eat you out. This is what we're doing. And I'd be like, okay, I'm not complaining. You know, and I was like 16 at that point. Maybe that's why I love it so much. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like after the deep intimacy and vulnerability and trust and desire that I've experienced with my former master, it's like a pretty high bar. (laughs) Yes. That's how I feel about my first relationship. We were very much in love. We are very much like on the same wavelength. Like we always knew what each other were thinking. Like if I talked about something, I didn't have to give context or anything. Like he knew what I was talking about. We knew our feelings for each other. Like there was zero doubts and no vanilla relationship has ever stood up to that. But this new dynamic that I'm in with my daddy completely like blows that out of the water just because he meets so many more of my needs, which I mean, we'll get into that. Cool. Okay. Before we do first, tell us, how do you tell new partners? I don't know if I do. It's not like I just go on a first date and be like, Hey, This is not going to work out if you do not like licking pussy because, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I wish it was that simple and I wish I could be that blunt. No, you shouldn't because I'm glad you said that too because I am the person that has been experimenting. Be like, here's so much information that's very helpful for you if you'd like to be with me. And people are like, what? Ah, you know. Yeah, it's too much at once. For most people. Yeah, you kind of give them one egg out of your basket at a time (laughs) and see like how they handle that. But I kind of just, I don't know because I've only really had three serious monogamous relationships in my lifetime, Mm -hmm. including that first one that lasted five years. So I have just literally within the past few months have discovered that like, these are needs of mine and I cannot just go without them. Just like my emotional needs and my mental health needs and everything else, these are needs of mine. And I've been learning to accept that about myself. Mm -hmm. So I guess in the future, I'm just decided like I'm not going to get into a monogamous relationship until I see our sex life and see if that person is what I need, Mm -hmm. you know, because these are not some things that you can teach. Aren't they? I think so. Like you cannot teach somebody to love something. And if I want my partner to love giving oral, like to me, that's something you can't teach. That's just something like you can't teach somebody to love broccoli. You can't teach somebody to love anything. 
I think you could probably inspire someone, though, who has had negative or scary or shame-based experiences. Like, what if someone doesn't love oral because previous partners, like, scared them or they had some sort of fear response and then they meet you and they've never had an experience where someone is, like, so into it and then they have the experience of being... I don't know. I'm just... I always hold the hope for progression and possibility. Yeah. I mean, I've never given a tap out because I'm not really into like playing the teacher role. Same, same. But maybe if it was because I like could possibly love this person, maybe I would be open to that. I probably would be open to that. Yeah. Especially like depending on the person. But now if they're like not checking any other boxes as well, then maybe like. It's too much effort. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But if it was just that and they were vulnerable and communicated that to me, then I for sure would be open to working on that with them and exploring that with them. It'd be fun. So do you only receive oral sex from monogamous partners? Oh, no, not at all. Here's the thing, because I've had sugar daddies in the past too, and I've had friends with benefits in the past too. And every time it's like a hookup, Mm -hmm. like I've tried to have hookups before, but it always ends up turning into a friend with benefits situation because like the sex is so good. And we're both just like, okay, let's do it again, you know? But all of them have loved giving oral, which is like crazy because like the guys I want to date and like be with don't, but then the guys that I just want to fucking, I don't even talk to me unless we're together. Yeah. Don't text me. They're the ones that are like amazing at it. But I've never had to ask in a hookup. If it's on Tinder or what have you, I just text beforehand and I'm like, hey, what do you like to do? Mm. And like, usually that's something that they list. And like, usually it works out like it's that simple. That's awesome. Dating isn't that simple, though. (laughs) No, dating on Tinder. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay, so before we get into dating and current experiences, are there any other things we need to know about your first relationship and those formative sexual partnered experiences? That just set the bar for both like intimacy levels within sexual partners, as well as sex in general. And I was so young, like we started dating when we were 14 and we broke up around 19. So it's like, I was so young and already experiencing all that. Yeah, 19 is when I started having sex. So how was that for you then coming out of this amazing relationship into the wild for the first time as an adult? The first guy I had sex with, like the second guy I ever had sex with my whole life. I just remember thinking like, oh my God, he's so bad at, you know, going down on me. Like, Mm. this is weird. Oh, I have to use a condom. This is weird. Like, everything was so weird to me. Like, I hated the whole condom thing. It just felt very, like, awkward in the sense that I felt like he didn't know what he was doing. Mm. Maybe because we didn't have that level of intimacy that I was used to within my sex partner. So I just remember being like, this is weird. I didn't feel shameful. I just felt like, this isn't good. Like, this isn't fun. And then later down the line, like, I noticed like with people like that who have no level of vulnerability, I come to them and I'm like trying to seduce them and I'm basically begging for them to fuck me how I want them to fuck me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work like they're not getting the signal. And in air quotes, when they don't take advantage of that, it like hurts my feelings for some reason. It's like I'm putting myself on a platter and they're like, no, thanks. It really like hurts my feelings. Totally. I say taking advantage of me because I don't know how else to say it. I want to be used. Yes, exactly. I want to be sexually used to the fullest. If you're the person that wants to fuck me, drink the whole glass of milk. Don't just like blow bubbles. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that's a weird metaphor, but yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, because it explains it exactly. Like, I 100% want to be used in that moment because for some reason, being used equates to me feeling like I'm being loved. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. In my mind, that's how it works. Yeah. 
So I'm finally reading She Comes First and He Comes Next by Ian Kerner, which are some like seminal books from the early 2000s. And they're super straight. And there's some stuff that I have issues with because it's very much like women, here's what you can do to teach your guy, and especially in He Comes Next. But they're talking about research that supposedly shows that typical males express love through sex in ways that females don't. But I'm like, I actually think that I feel loved through sex too. Like a lot of the quote unquote research, which the more that I learn about research, the more I'm like, oh, there's only a few people doing these things. And the sample sizes, the more that I'm doing research, I'm like, oh, these researchers have talked to fewer people than I have. Like their sample size is 25, excuse me, you know? And so the more that I learn, the more I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm typically male in many of these ways, but I'm also typically female in many of these ways. And so I share that same feeling of like, sex and love are intertwined for me. Yes, exactly. I agree 100%. And I didn't realize that until I got out of this past relationship that I was in that was completely sexless. Like he was okay with having sex once a month. Okay with it? Yeah. Like this is me asking every day to me stopping asking because I was tired of getting rejected. So I would just stop asking. We would only have sex once a month, especially if I stopped asking. And so to me, that equated to me feeling like I wasn't loved by him. It was many other things too. Like he lacked intimacy. We just didn't have chemistry really. So it was a lot of other things, but like that whole relationship made me realize again, that I just need sex to feel loved. I need to be used to feel loved. I love that. What were your conversations around your sex life like in that relationship? I guess this is where we'll get into my little aspect because I didn't realize I had a little until this relationship. So I would always come to him and I would always ask him for sex. And then eventually I was like, I need to come to him with this in a real way, like not just, oh, passing by, like I need to sit him down and talk to him. Mm. So we had sit down and talks two, three times. But the last time I brought it up, I didn't realize that little me was out. I was very vulnerable and I didn't even realize until after. I'm going to backtrack a little and say that my little is about 11 years old, 12 years old, because that is where I believe my childhood was taken from me. Mm. I wasn't abused or anything. It was just a very emotional time for me because my stepdad was like literally 26 years old, which is the age I am now. And I was 11. And so he tried to take my innocence away from me in a sense that like he was always sexualizing my body saying like I wasn't allowed to wear shorts even though we're in Texas and it's 100 degrees outside yeah I wasn't allowed to wear like sandals and oh you can't do this because men will look at you sandals yeah because feet I don't know and he took away my dolls that was like the huge like trigger for me like in my brain still to this day he took away my brat dolls that is all I played with as a child okay imagine growing up this is all you played with as a child. Your your biological father and your previous stepfather was totally okay with you playing with these dolls. But then your mom all of a sudden marries this new guy and he's like, those are inappropriate. And then throws all your dolls away. Whoa. So to me, even at that age, at 11 years old, I was like, this is the end of my childhood. Like all my toys are gone. What am I going to do now? So that to me is why I think my little is around that age, as well as like people would just automatically assume I was older than I was at that age. Mm. Like I remember ordering a salad and the topping was made of alcohol and they just like gave it to me because they thought I was older. And I remember like people telling me like, you're so mature. Like you're really only 11 years old. Like 
I don't want to be labeled as mature at 11 years old. Like I'm a kid, like, let me be a kid. Yeah. But anyways, so when I talked to my boyfriend at that time, at this particular moment, I think my little was out because I remember like asking him to get in the bath with me. And like, I wanted to talk to him about sex. Specifically, I wanted to show him an article on how to eat out women properly. Because I liked the article and I read it. I was like, yes, if he reads this, everything will be good and everything will change and our relationship will be fixed, basically. Mm. It's how I built it up in my head. I wanted to have this bath with him and I wanted it to be intimate. I wanted us to talk about it. He just wanted to play video games and he didn't want to talk to me about it. Mm. I just remember crying and then I like kind of pulled myself together and then I got in the shower after to wash my hair and then he got in the bath and I was just like, what the hell is going on? And then he started like yelling at me and lashing out on me saying like, all you ever talk about is sex. All you ever want is sex. I've had a horrible week at work. I've been going through all this stuff. And I was like, this is news to me. Mm. You blowing up at me about all these things. Like, these are things you need to communicate on a daily basis with your partner. And now you're blowing up on me when I'm in like such a vulnerable state. And so I was just like crying. And I don't know why I think it was my little. I just think it was because it was so deep in me. Generally, I wouldn't cry and I would just kind of argue back, but because it hurt me so emotionally Mm. and for some reason, like baths, like really bring out my little for whatever reason, like I love baths, And I think like I wanted to share that experience with him vulnerably and he was just completely blew up on me. Mm. And the next day I went online and I found my daddy dom. So, I mean, (laughs) the universe works in mysterious ways because now all of my emotional, mental, sexual needs are completely fulfilled by this person. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it is kind of crazy because it is my first BDSM relationship. And for it to be like this explosive and to be at this magnitude, like makes no sense to me. Because when I hear about other aspects online or like dynamics online, like I don't feel like it's as deep as mine not that they're not valid they're just different experiences and with ddlg it's very much like a caring relationship we both care about each other and for me i have never looked at a man the way i look at this man in the sense that i have never cared about a man's opinion about me i've always hated men in that sense like always felt like i didn't need them but this is the first time that I've ever cared about a man in this way, especially because he's a lot older than me. And so I love that so much. Is that some sort of kink that I don't know about? Because I just love older men. My former master was 25 years older than I was. And for me, after dating a bunch of dudes my age and a little bit younger, a little bit older, it was nice to have someone who just knew some grown up stuff so that I didn't have to be in charge all the time. Oh my gosh. Once I broke up with this dude, my family members are like, you have always been the dominant one in the relationship. Always. You need somebody who's going to tell you to sit down and shut the fuck up. I need that too. Yeah. I completely agree. And I cannot get that from somebody my age, first of all. Second of all, there's just something about somebody who's so much wiser that like somehow just turns me on so much more. I don't know. And like, I can trust them more and respect them more. And just that's how I've been my whole life. Yeah. But I a hundred percent love my daddy. And it's just the craziest love because I wouldn't say I'm in love with him, but I am. He is married. So it's not like, oh, I love you and I want to have your babies and I want us to settle, get a house and settle. No, it's none of that. It's very much like just love and respect. I don't know how to explain it. I love him in that like, he's my daddy for my little. I love him that he's a father figure for me. I love him in that he's my lover. Like 
it's just hard to explain, but it is all encompassing for me. That's so hot and nourishing. I used to try to describe it to my more monogamously oriented friends as I am in love. It's the same intensity. It's the same level of trust and respect and vulnerability and closeness. We just aren't on a relationship escalator. That was a way that people were able to hear it and realize that it still is important. It's not not a relationship. It's just not a typical relationship that is going to lead to, you know, till death do us part. Like, and I thought it could have gone on forever, but, you know, things have their lifespans. Between that first big relationship and your more recent two-year relationship, like, was there anything in there that was necessary to talk about? was fucking around. I got my first apartment. I stripped for a little bit. I didn't like it. I didn't like wearing heels. That's literally it. And I found some sugar daddies here and there. I was in friend with benefits, like longer term, actually like year or two long friend with benefits relationships. Yeah. I was just having fun being young. And like now I'm back in that and I love it. Awesome. The idea of getting into a monogamous relationship again, like scares me right now. So it's just going to be a long time. I've also wrestled with the idea that I cannot be in a monogamous relationship with somebody that's vanilla. Same. Okay. So how did you know to look for a daddy? Were you aware of BDSM and kink at all? Or like, how, and how did it happen? And where did you find him? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I went on CE arrangement. That's how I find my sugar daddies. Mm-hmm. And I lived with my ex. And so I was like, okay, I need a sugar daddy if I want to get out here as fast as possible. Because I'm a student, I'm broke as hell. So I was on seeking arrangements, but something in me told me I should just put that I'm a sub. Like, I know I'm a sub. Like, I know I am. And I was listening to your podcast, actually. And I was reading about it. And I was listening to your podcast. And I was listening to couples who are always exploring their sex life. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am missing out like crazy. I would listen to you and hear how you're a sub. And I just realized like, maybe I am. I'm not sure, but I feel like I am. And so I decided to put that on my account on seeking arrangements. And he sent me a questionnaire of my sexuality and, you know, what I like and what I don't like and what I'm comfortable with establishing a safe word and like all this stuff, even before we even met. That's hot and responsible. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. And it was long and I was just like, I'll fill out any survey. I love that shit so much. So I was like, Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I'll fill this out. And so I filled it out. Of course, it just intrigued me and it got me way more curious. And so we just had a Starbucks date. Like we immediately clicked. I didn't know this until later, but at the end of that meeting, I didn't even think about it. Like the little in me just hugged him because I automatically knew that I could trust this person as in like a fatherly figure. And so I just hugged him and like, I closed my eyes and I was just like, the whole world went quiet. It was like insane. And he knew it too, because he always references that hug as like being our, like, this is it. Like this sealed the deal. And so from that moment, like I just, embraced it because I'm definitely somebody who pushes my little down Mm. and I shouldn't. So he's teaching me to bring my little out, which I need. Can you share with us, how did it begin? What were the details that started to feel so nourishing? And like, what was it like getting into this new experience for you? And then what have you learned that you love? First of all, we talk all day, every day. I go to him for anything and everything, even with the sugar daddy stuff, because I'm so actively looking for just a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. I go to him with it, with everything. And I get his advice. Like, I just love it. So he definitely fulfills the fatherly figure in me. And I know that if I need something, 
both emotionally, mentally, even financially. Like if I was stuck in something, he would 100% help me. And I have no doubt in my mind. But as far as sexually goes, like our first sexual experience, which was like a formal session, pretty sure I came like 15 times or it was 20. I don't know. I remember one time it was 15. One time it was like 20 something. And then one time I swear to you was like 30 plus. Holy fuck. Yeah, because it's like he's using toys that I'm not used to. He knows what he's doing. I'm submitting, which I didn't know I liked. I'm being used, which I didn't know I liked. I didn't know that these are the things that make me feel loved. What's a formal session like and what kind of toys have you used so far? So it starts with being collared, which I loved. And I love that whole ritual. And there's some impact play and there's obviously a lot of orgasms. And he normally doesn't rim girls on the first go around because apparently that's like super intimate and not a lot of women like that, especially like the first time you have sex with somebody. And I was like, why? Like, if you're eating me out, I don't see the difference. I feel you. So I came like five times that way, our first wow. time together. And he loves it. But we're very much the same in a sense that like, if I like it and it's turning him on because I'm turned on, then that's turning me on because he's getting turned on. And it's just like an endless wheel. It's a positive feedback loop of desire. Exactly, exactly. That's why we both love that and like I just don't even know how to explain it like it's just I have no words so I discovered too that I'm primal in a sense because he's very primal and I didn't know I was I just always thought that that's like hot sex and like you lose your mind like that's how sex is supposed to be but apparently that's called primal he is very primal in a sense that like he'll mark me as his submissive by biting me and it leaves bruises and I absolutely love it like the first time he did it because I was outside of my relationship We were having penetrative sex and he started marking me and I like came over and over again from that. It like gave me something. It's hard to explain. Like it just gave me something and it completely pushed me over the edge. And I accidentally marked him, which I'm not supposed to. I was completely unintentional. To me, this is how sex is supposed to be. Like you're not supposed to be thinking. You're not supposed to be like worried about anything. Like you're supposed to completely lose yourself. And I didn't know that there was a word for that. I love that too, because in my experience, when I allow myself to go to that level of just where I'm not in my thinking brain, I'm just present with the other animal body, there's no room for anxiety or perfectionism. There's no room for me worrying about doing it right or wrong, which a lot of the vanilla sex that I have with partners who are far away and not willing to be vulnerable and open, I have this feeling of like, where are you? What are you doing? Are you liking this? What's happening? You know, and so then that's when I'm like, okay, well, how do I drop in? You know, it's hard with some people for me. It's hard for you because they're not letting go. And if they don't let go, I can't. Yeah. But I'm letting go first. I always let go first and like kind of gauge their reaction. Sometimes it doesn't work because some people just aren't in tune with you, you know? And it's okay. I'm learning that's okay. feels bad, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It really does. I've come to the conclusion that like, in my opinion, they just aren't in tune with themselves. Like they don't understand what that is because they've never experienced it for one reason or another. Also, what is subspace? Because I keep hearing y'all say it and I keep reading about it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it means. And I don't know if I've ever been in it. Okay. Well, I can tell you my experience with it. For me, it is related to that sort of primal state of let go where I have this almost hypnotic moment. And with my former master, I would get into it pretty quickly especially with impact play. For me, it's the state of like, anything you want feels perfect right now. And 
pain feels like pleasure and it's so relaxing for me and it feels like there's no job for me to do but obey what my master wants you know or what my dom would want yeah i've 100 percent been in that yeah i just don't say it as that <laughs> i describe it as being high like i just feel high like literally i say sex drunk sex high sex stoned yeah it is almost immediately once you start getting warmed up and you're into it like immediately yeah what are some of the specifics of the things that you do together that you love I do like the impact play. I would say it's more mild to medium. Mm -hmm. We do practice sensual domination or submission or what have you. So I've had bruises from the bites, but I've never had marks from impact play, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I do like it. I just have to be, I guess, in some space, I have to be in the right state of mind. Like it can't be too soon or it's going to not give me anxiety, but like, I'm just not going to enjoy it. Whereas if it's at the right moment, then I enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. I definitely love the integration of impact play insect. I guess it pushes me over the edge and I start orgasming more and more and harder. Mm -hmm. That's the first time I've ever experienced that. I don't know if this is normal too, but we always have sex after aftercare, like or during. I love that we could just go forever, like literally. I haven't experienced that since like my first relationship at 15, right? So I'm not even trying to orgasm. Like he just knows what to do and he does it because he knows how to do it. We're very instinctual in that sense. We can kind of sense it and which I know some people can and some people can't, but he's very much like knows where I'm at. Do you do more anal play or is it just rimming? So we're starting to work on that. I moved up in like my butt plug size. I have to have one orgasm with the butt plug in. Yeah. I'm slowly working up to it. I've had anal sex in the past. I don't know how I got there. He used toys. And so we had anal sex, but my daddy is way bigger than that guy. Mm. So it's like, I really need to warm up and I really need to get used to that size. We're working on it. And I want to get there because I had a hookup when I was traveling to Boston and he fingered me anally and I orgasmed from that. And I was like, okay, that's a first. That's amazing. So I was like, maybe I'm very anally sensitive more than I even realized. And then like the other day when I was masturbating with a butt plug, it was a completely different orgasm because I felt it backwards. It's hard to explain. Instead of starting at the clit and going down, I felt it start at like the asshole and go up. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I need to get into this because I want to have a DP situation and I want to go into all that. But first, like we just need to get to anal first. Like that's what I'm working on. Fuck yeah. Subspace also, I think, is the thing that helped me relax enough to receive anal, too, because I still got pretty nervous for a while. But like once I was in that space and my former master trained me with lots of plugs and things. And, you know, at the end of our relationship, he stopped using toys on me. He stopped beating me. He stopped wanting to see me, all of these things. But like at the height of things, when he was still interested in giving me attention, using toys, getting warmed up anally, like getting fingered in my asshole and my pussy at the same time is like one of the hottest things for me. And it sounds like you had an asgasm if it was coming from behind. Like all different types of orgasms to me are very interesting. It's crazy because like, I mean, I feel like I've had a great sex life my whole life except for that relationship. But this is the first time that like, I'm really discovering these different types of feeling orgasms. And like too, like my nipples are the same way. Like I 100% feel like if my nipples are stimulating enough, eventually I could orgasm from it. But like we just have to get there. It's all something that I 100% is doable with my daddy. Like if we work on it, it's with time and like, I guess, practice, that type of thing. 
Do you feel comfy saying how long you've been seeing this daddy? I don't know if I know the answer. Not that long since September. So <gasps> amazing. Oh, I'm a baby sub. Not only I'm a little, I'm a baby sub. Like this is all very new to me. And I'm just like over the moon still. Because yeah. obviously it's so new to me. Absolutely. How does he play with your nipples? Like what do you enjoy? Do you enjoy nipple torture? Or is it really more essential and soft? No, 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 no. I like the torture. It doesn't hurt me. Same. Even if, like, you go really hard, it doesn't hurt. It just feels good. Like, that's the one place that, like, could never hurt. Cool. But he does bite it, and that kind of hurts, but it also feels good. It's hard to explain. I get it. But I love it all. Like, he's used the clamps. I love that. He's used, like, just sucking alone. Like, it just drives me insane. And it almost always pushes me over, too. And then he almost always leaves marks directly on my nipples like you could see a bite mark around it i'm sensitive in a sense that i love it yeah but i'm not sensitive that it needs to be soft we need different words for sensitive like we need subsensitive words so that we get subsensitive not like submissive but like we need nuances of sensitive because i hear you what about cock worship here's the thing i'm definitely a cum slut like a thousand percent like oh my god I want it all on me. If I was in a gangbang and they all came on me at the same time, like that is beyond a dream. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I love it so much. But here's the thing. My daddy is fixed. So like, I don't have to worry about shit. I don't have to be on birth control, which I hate. I love ovulating. Yep. I love the whole situation. So the fact that he's fixed, I'm so appreciative. I mean, it's just, it's the hottest thing. Like I've never felt him come on me or in me because he's never come like from a blow job or anything like that ever his whole life. Mm. I would love to change that. But it's again, something we would work on, right? Like we almost always start off sex with a blow job usually, which I love because it just kind of throws me into that mindset. Are there any specifics about your little self that are worth mentioning? I don't know exactly what the difference between age play and childhood regression or age regression because the term age regression is used in therapy. Like when you go see your therapist and you have trauma within your childhood, you try to age regress and get back into that mindset to heal. Mm. So I think my little is more so related to that. And again, my little is around 10 or 11 years old versus to me, in my opinion, like age play to me sounds like you're trying to get into that childlike aspect because you like it, but it's not necessarily coming from like a place of trauma. I feel like age regression is very much like a vulnerable thing. Like this is not something that I can just do with anyone. So that should just speak to the level of trust that I have in my daddy doll. Because it's like my little has come out in situations where it shouldn't. Not even in a bad way. It's just that I was around somebody, my ex, who I just couldn't trust emotionally. And so like when my childhood curiosity came out and he told me I was annoying, like that hurt me beyond words. Like I started crying and just all this to say that like having a little is a very vulnerable, like it's like a child, like children are in themselves just so innocent and vulnerable and curious. So having a little is very much that like, it's not something to take lightly. And I've ran into other doms online unintentionally, of course, like I've talked to them, like kind of in a curious sense that like, I want to know what like they think about this dynamic and like what dynamic they are in. He says that he likes to be called daddy, but he's not a daddy. Like he doesn't want to give you a bath. He doesn't want to take care of your emotional needs. And I was like, well, you need to be upfront with that. Yeah. Because littles are very sensitive. And if you want to be called daddy, but you don't want to be a daddy, that's kind of like mixed signals. 
you need to say that because having a little is very vulnerable. And in the beginning, when I started talking to my daddy, I was like scared that he was going to leave, like for whatever reason, not leave me for another person necessarily, but leave me because like I'm too needy or I'm too emotional or just for any reason, really. And I don't know if that's like my little, which I feel like it, it comes from my little, but I also feel that that's kind of like a not insecurity thing, but I feel like a lot of women kind of struggle with that sometimes. I absolutely have an abandonment thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently that's like really fragile topic for littles is like the idea that your daddy could leave you, right? So I had to like get over that, which now I don't feel that way at all. Now that our dynamic has grown into all these branches, I don't feel that way at all. So you said that you talk constantly. Is there sexting that happens in these talks? Yes and no. I'm not really a sexter. Unless I'm really in the mood or like I'm curious about like maybe what our next session will be like or Mm. I'm curious about like possible fantasies that I have or oh my god I heard my neighbors a couple days ago they were totally having a threesome and I could hear every little thing. Go them! Would it sound like a fun threesome? Yes and no like I didn't hear any orgasms but maybe I was in the shower when the orgasms were happening but I could hear toys and it was so interesting and so like When things pop up sexually, like I love telling them about it because I'm like, this is interesting. And like, I just like talking about sex, but not in a sense that like I'm masturbating to this conversation, if that makes sense. Where I feel like some men are, and I hate that. That's like such a turnoff for me. Like, I don't want you to come to me for like your masturbation needs, especially if I don't know you. Yes, I do feel like that's what a lot of the online dating experiences are. What are your favorite toys? Ooh, okay. So this is a basic pitch answer. But definitely the Satisfier 2 toy, but turned really low. Mm -hmm. So I got that flower toy off Twitter that everyone was going crazy about the rose toy. That was too strong for me. And when I told my daddy that, he was like, okay, you need to try this one. And I love the Satisfier. (gasps) That combined with the butt plug is like my go-to. Beautiful. I also really love rabbits. My first toy was a rabbit that like had like the spinning beads. I've never used one of those. What am I doing? Okay, adding it to my bucket list. All right. Yeah, it's loud as shit. You got to be home alone or live alone or what have you. I've got thick concrete walls in my loft, so I won't use it around my family, but when I'm back home, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I love that toy. I should get it again because, again, I'm very sensitive around the vaginal opening. So I almost feel like it has to be stimulated. Mm. I don't know. So I definitely loved that rabbit toy, but I got a different rabbit toy that doesn't have that component. I don't like it. Like it has to have the vaginal opening stimulation. Cool. And then also I want to dabble into like just plain dildos so I can start maybe practicing anal at home with something smaller. Yeah, I just need to grow my toy collection. I just got into my own little apartment. So I just, I want to grow my toy collection. I could also be a great ask from sugar daddies too. Yes, for sure. Like a great oh, intro yeah, too, yeah. you know? Yeah, like put them on my wish list or what have you. Totally. Oh, yeah. I want to say a safety note about Amazon wish lists. Third-party sellers can release your address to people. Just saying that for the whole wide world. So Amazon Prime stuff is safe and protected through Amazon. Third-party sellers, they won't necessarily, but it is possible. It's part of the agreement. I did some research. So just saying safety notes for everybody edit your wish lists and or find addresses or PO boxes. Are there turn-ons that you have that we haven't covered yet? Again, with this dynamic that I am in or relationship that I am in, I am beyond lucky because I am very much a sensual person. Not that I need to feel feelings for somebody to have good sex with them. I just need to like feel like we have chemistry. That's pretty much it. 
Like that to me is what turns me on. And then for sure, anything that like I'm doing to someone else and it's turning them on, then that turns me on. So again, it's just like an endless wheel. Fuck yeah. So do you watch porn at all? Yes and no. I don't gravitate towards it. Like I try to go within myself and like try to make it like really relaxing moment for me. But like if it's just taking too damn long, then I will watch porn. And generally, I don't know if I can say this. I guess it doesn't matter. But on Pornhub, there's this couple called Adored Hippie. Mm. And they are trained at BDSM. And I guess they have a little bit of a DDLG dynamic somewhat. Mm -hmm. But I do love like the more, I don't love professional crap. Like I very much love like homemade. Yeah. Like, hey, we're good at sex and we just want to like, you know, show the world. Totally. I definitely love that kind of porn. And then also what made me get out of my sexless relationship before is not that I'm saying like your podcast is porn, but like thinking about sex and like realizing I need and want sex Mm -hmm. also came from like just reading books, books with people who are having good sex. And then like that just made me realize like, fuck, you've been missing out. And Mm -hmm. you know, you've been missing out because you've had great sex before. Those are like all my places that I I go to to like get in the mood if I need to be. Awesome. Do you have any book recommendations for those of us who are searching? Well, they're mostly just books I find on TikTok by Colleen Hoover. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Verity and they're super easy to read. Like anyone can pick it up and read it. And there's just like cute, hot sex. It's very like romantic, but it's still hot. Like it's still hot as hell to read. Fuck yeah. Are threesomes or moresomes or sex clubs or anything like that in your future, do you hope? Or have they been in your experience? I've never had a threesome. I sound like a virgin almost. Like, I've never had a threesome, which I feel like is so basic. Like, who hasn't had a threesome? A lot of people. (laughs) I want to. I really, really want to. Especially with another girl because I am bi-curious. So... I would love to have that. Eventually, I do want a DP with obviously another mm. like man, another human. So that would be another threesome potential. And I definitely see myself like bringing in another person just for, I guess, a threesome or like a one-time type situation with my daddy. But I'm just not ready for that yet. Yeah, yeah. Just because like I feel like I'm so new to this still. Totally. And I just kind of want to enjoy it as it is now. But then eventually, like when I'm ready, like a thousand million billion percent. I think that's very wise. But like, I feel like I could definitely go into like a vanilla threesome, like today, even, you know, just kind of exploring in that sense. I definitely would never go into like a sex club or party without my daddy and this moment anyway. Yes, yes. I'm really shy. I'm very much like in the corner, really introverted and shy. And I don't know if that necessarily is a good situation for me to be in. myself and I just wouldn't feel comfortable I feel you being by myself at sex parties I thought I would have like a much easier time and it was awkward and I have a big fantasy about having a dom go and having them initiating the contact with other people there yes oh my god yes (laughs) that sounds amazing I would love that I just don't know how to even go about that totally we trust the timing it'll happen it'll happen it'll happen what are your hopes for your sexual self going forward I hope to really get myself out there. Like I have a brother that was also by curious and we went to like a gay bar here in Texas. That was like amazing. And like everyone was so loving and he was just like having fun and shit. And I was just like, not jealous or envious, but just like, why the fuck am I not doing that? Mm. Like, why am I not that outgoing? I really want to like push myself more to be like more sexually, I guess, freeing. And I also just want to, 
like see where I can go with my dog because he says that there are things that we can accomplish together that I just have no, I can't wrap my head around it because it's so new to me. <laughs> yeah. It's so new to me. And he's told me that like, I want to get it to the point to where like, I tell you to come and you come immediately. Like that's how close we are and like we can get there, you know? So totally. I'm just like looking forward to that and kind of, you know, trying to do like this whole anal thing. And like, not that I think it won't happen, but it's just like, it takes work and it takes practice. And I also just hope to never put myself in a sexless situation again or like a sexless relationship again Mm -hmm. sex is like part of my like needs like I need it and that Mm -hmm. I need to accept that and I have but I just need to like remember to like implement it like don't take no for an answer like this is what you need so I hope that like any relationship I get into that is stated and made known I didn't ask you this earlier. It's just occurring to me. Have you ever been told not to come? You're a highly orgasmic person. Have you played around with edging? Yeah, we have. But here's the thing. I come fast. So like if I'm about to come, like you better stop right now or I'm going to come because one time I tried to communicate that I was about to come and then they pulled away. And so I did orgasm, but it just wasn't as strong because they pulled away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just like a baby orgasm. And so, like, it's kind of hard for me to get into that. It, c- it can't be the first orgasm, I don't think. Or I would have to, like, orgasm, like, every day a couple of days before. Because sometimes my daddy will be like, do not orgasm today because we're sessioning tomorrow. But, like, I feel like I would need the orgasm the day before yeah. in order for that to work. Because my body just gets ahead of itself and, like, runs away from me. That's so cool, though. And gets so excited that, like... I will have like a baby orgasm, like unintentional. Like I'll try to listen. I'll try to obey the rules, but my body just does what it does. Okay. Is there anything else about your sex life that we need to know? The other things that I've discovered with my dynamic is that I'm very much a rule follower. I really need to please him. And it comes from an emotional thing for me. If I feel like I'm not being a good girl, like that would break my heart into a million pieces. And I feel like that's a little thing, but I also feel like that's a submissive thing too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have some sort of brat in me. I'm a brat in real life, Mm. but sexually, like absolutely not. I definitely have a praise kink in that sense, which I also didn't know I had. Like I'm just discovering all these things. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick? And what would you say? I would just tell myself, girl, like this sex is so good right now. You better appreciate it. And you better realize that this is something that you absolutely love in your relationship and that you need and that this has set the bar and you need to realize that. At that age, like I didn't know that that was such good sex. Like I remember we were having sex and it was just vanilla, boring missionary. Okay. But we were staring into each other's eyes. Yes. Swear to God, our hearts were beating the exact same time. We orgasmed the exact same time. Mm. And we were like 17 at this point, right? And like afterwards, we both described it as we felt like our hearts were going to explode. And it was like this euphoric. It's just so hard to explain. And I've only felt that again with my daddy, obviously. Mm. But not to that capacity, just because we had already been dating like three years at that point. So it just kind of comes with time. But like, I should have realized that this is special. This is not just something that everybody experiences because I 100% have described that sex to people and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, you've never had sex like that? Like where you really feel like you're in a knot emotionally with that person and intimately. Beautiful. Do you have a sex question for me? I have so many. (laughs) 
Do you have any rec- not recommendations, advice yeah. from your point of view to me as like somebody so new to this type of dynamic? I mean, honestly, I think you nailed the most important part, which is build trust and let yourself enjoy it. And it sounds like you're a person who's really, really good at checking in with yourself and seeing, you know, is this what I need? Is this what I need? Is this what I need? And I think the thing that I'm really proud about in my relationship with my former master is that I gave myself permission to really see things all the way through. I tried. I'm not sitting around thinking like, well, what if I, what if I, what if I, and like doing that rumination. I don't get lost in judgment of myself of like, oh, I texted him again. I would think about it. I would wait until I was really ready. And then I would reach out if I was ready, you know, and now there's nothing for me to say to him anymore. Like, I don't even know how to respond to this email because it's like, well, you didn't give me anything to respond to. So it feels dead for me. And so I think the way that I was able to continue to get to know myself both through that dynamic and outside of it, and then like keeping the connection in the moments where he wanted to hear about my growth and share his growth with me, we were the closest and it was amazing. And I think we just got to different points. I suspect that he wanted or needed something different and for whatever reason was not able or felt he was not able to ask for it. I don't know. Our communication stopped, basically. That's so crazy. It's so crazy because that's also literally one of my favorite things, like talking about sex and thinking about sex and all of the things. And that was how we initially connected, you know. And so it really feels like my favorite treat has been ripped away and I'm, you know, trying to lick as many other treats as possible, quite literally. But it's, you know, people are people and I just have to keep trusting that I don't need to know why things are happening. I just know that they are happening and I just keep trying to take care of myself. And so I think that's the number one thing is just make sure that you are taking care of yourself, even when you have this for my, I mean, this is me giving my own self-advice. Like, I just know that the more that I take care of myself, the better it is for my mental, emotional, and physical health, which means my sex life. Exactly. That is so, I mean, we were just talking about that before. Like, I need to take care of myself. Not that I don't trust him to take care of me, but it goes both ways. Yes. I'm learning. Like, self-care is, like, beyond important because I will go insane. I'll just completely break down. Yeah. Yes. In case anyone is new to listening or hasn't heard my whole, like, life story, I burned myself out in college at, like, 1920, and I had to go away and study abroad all by myself. I burned myself out again producing my first feature film when I was 22. I burned myself out again in a big, big way when I was 26, and that's when I shaved my head and, like, went to South America for a while. And... The five years since then, I have spent my life figuring out, okay, what do I need? What do I actually need? And I think that it's because of that that I'm now available for people to come and meet me. And it's really hard because I'm well-rested, super well-fed. I meditate twice a day like an annoying person. (laughs) I'm like very aware. I do my journaling, you know. But being in that space, I mean, it fucking changed the shit out of my sex life, like going into therapy, like doing the deep dive and not being afraid of my own dark parts. And that's also what helped me get out of my own self-judgment, which is why I'm able to just like sit here and be like, here are all the dirty, crazy, weird, kinky, socially unacceptable things that I'm into. And I haven't shared every single thing. I have like one secret still, but you know, like that will reveal itself in the right timing, I trust, you know? And so taking care of yourself, fuck yeah. And still being open to receiving the support from people around you. That is what I have to work on as well. Me too. It's really hard to ask for help. I struggle with asking for help. It's the sexiest thing too. Giving people an opportunity to help us, like they're sexual partners, you know, but it's also just one of the greatest connective things. And also, if anyone listening wants to figure out how to fucking ask for stuff in a way that doesn't feel gross, I highly recommend the book Unbound, 
a woman's guide to power, although I posit that it is for not just women, but any being who gives a shit. And it's by Kasha Urbaniak. Everyone who gives a shit, who's sensitive, who has difficulty asking, this is a brilliant book, you know, about how do we make life more wonderful for each other? It has a lot of principles of nonviolent communication built into it, but it's very, very accessible. And that I've read maybe four or five times since April when I first read it. I highly recommend it. It sounds like exactly what I need. Fuck yeah. LG, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I really, I had a good time. I learned a lot. And thank you so much because you inspired me to, you know, explore my sexuality in the beginning and like get out there and find my daddy. So thank you. Mm, Thank you.